Good morning, and welcome to my view from the rim. It is the 29th of November. That would make it a Wednesday. Uh, almost December. Almost uh, time for Christmas. And of course, uh, kind of the central theme for today. You know, we just had Thanksgiving, and and I think too often, you know, I work, I work at Walmart part time. It's a great job. I love it. Not being sarcastic when I say that, by the way, um, but but uh, one thing you know, we've been before Halloween was over, the store was already starting to put up Christmas stuff, and and almost you know we we don't really give enough attention to Thanksgiving, and we already talked about that here, I think, and so I'm not going to uh, go into Thanksgiving so much as to stress how important it is that that I think it's important not only to, from a religious aspect, of being grateful to God for pretty much, every, well, not pretty much, but everything we have, for the fact that we have the ability to live, that we have talents uh, that help us to to provide for ourselves and for our families. And yes, you know, we should be thankful for the opportunity to serve others who perhaps do not have uh, the ability to take care of themselves. You know, over on the lib, we could go into a, a dissertation about, of course, in my doctorate program, that term is taken on a completely different meaning to me than how I just used it. I could go on and on and on about how... Um, taxation is taking from people and giving it to people, other people. Um, so it is theft in a way. But I wanted to talk here, you know, it doesn't matter how much you give somebody. When you, when you set up an expectation of entitlement where people are used to receiving and not having to earn that is almost the complete opposite of gratitude. If you're expecting to be fed, for example, then you're going to criticize what you're being fed or if you're being fed. Whereas if you are grateful for what you have and what you receive, not that you're entitled to it, but that you have it, your whole attitude in life changes. And I think that this is way more, way beyond the concept of over on the lib of government and stealing from people and giving it to others. And this is really, it stems from our interactions with our fellow men. Not that I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving, but since we're here and we're doing it, um, as we instead of expecting to receive as we reach out and we give to each other one thing that we should always do is give gratitude sincere gratitude not just say thank you in passing but to actually take the effort to mean it to be truly grateful when somebody extends a helping hand
in whatever circumstance. And I think that we've really lost that. To me, I am grateful There's no way that we can really go through and enumerate the things that we should be grateful for. And I'm not going to do that here. But I am grateful for those of you that choose to listen. Not that my words have any more or less meaning than anybody else. They don't. It's just a voice good, bad, and different. You know, I just express my thoughts here as opposed to writing them down. Although, for the record, when it comes to clicks, every time I go and write, I get probably about six or seven times as many views on what I've written as what listened to the podcast. But that's all right. Now, I want to focus on lighting the world. You know, of course, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints every year has their, has their Light the World campaign. And, but what really struck me, and I'm not even sure why it did, the other day I was thinking, and the thought, well, I might have an idea. Um, I, was, I was driving, and I remembered back when uh, I had young kids, watching Sesame Street. And there was a time where Elmo, bear with me, Elmo wished that Christmas could be every day. And so, every, you know, everybody enjoyed Christmas, but then the next morning, they woke up, and it was Christmas again. And so they had a little parade, and they, they were so happy that it was Christmas again. However, when Christmas devolved into the uh, uh, Bill Murray type of Groundhog Day, the world started stacking up. You know, the fix-it shop had, had so many things that needed to be fixed because stuff still got broken, but because it was Christmas Day, they couldn't work on it. And as I was thinking about that here just um, actually yesterday was when the thought occurred to me, I realized that so much of the world are focused on the day. It's a day off. Not for everybody, by the way. I've worked plenty of Christmas days as a controller. Hospitals, fire departments, police departments, utilities crews. Customer service lines. The restaurants, movies. All work Christmas Day. And so the question then becomes, are, why are we celebrating the day of Christmas? Um, back in uh, April, uh, the April conference, 
of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There was a, it was held on Palms. Well, the second day, the Sunday, was Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. And it was brought out in that conference about how were it not for Easter, or rather the events of Easter, and again, we don't want to conflate the holiday with what transpired. But without the atonement, meaning the suffering in Gethsemane, the scourging by the Romans, the punishments, the trial, ultimately the crucifixion and death, the entombment. I know it's a lot of run-ons, isn't it? And ultimately the, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it weren't for those things, we would not care less about when Jesus was born. And that's what we're celebrating now, isn't it? The birth of Christ. We're not celebrating a day. It's Christmas Day. Woohoo! Santa Claus, presents, football games. 24 hours of a Christmas story on TBS. Holiday tradition. You see, the Savior came to this earth, born in very humble circumstances, which, as I'm speaking, it reminds me uh, um, Eliza R. Snow, who was a, a pioneer um, with the restored church that went across the plains. Uh, she described how women during the trek gave birth in all sorts of different circumstances except for to those which they were accustomed to before they set out on their journey. And it's really no different with Mary. They were sojourners because of attacks. They weren't homeless. Joseph had a trade. And as far as we know, he didn't uh, provide for Mary and Jesus and subsequent children. They were compelled to Bethlehem, not knowing it was a fulfillment of prophecy. And it's very interesting the uh, uh, the video that the Church of Jesus Christ put out regarding the birth of the Savior portrays not so much that they they were and it's not doctrine. Don't get me wrong, but the portrayal that rather than that there was no room in the inn, of course, which we all know the story, right? But that 
the inn was crowded, but when she went into labor, that's not something that you want to do amongst a whole bunch of strangers. And of course, we think about the inn then, and we put it in our perspective today of hotel rooms, and that's simply not the case. These were common rooms that people had a place where they could, you know, the animals out in the in the barn, um, or sometimes even depending on the end, sometimes right there with them, but that they could stop, they could rest, they could get food, they could warm themselves and be secure. And the video portrays them needing the private space, which is why uh, they ultimately went to the stable. You know, not only for Mary, but you can imagine that the guests or the people buzzing around would not want to have to experience childbirth of someone else, especially mortality rates not being nearly as low as they are today. You know, all the travail with perhaps an unfortunate result. And I kind of think that's probably what happened. Do I know it? No. Is it doctrine? No. But Jesus was born into this world. And he grew up. Now, it was the growing up without sin and as an adult living without sin that made possible the atonement, or his atonement. Let me correctly say that. He had to live a sinless life, and he did. He was the Son of God. However, he only came to that knowledge. He wasn't born God. He wasn't born being perfect. He faced all the trials and temptations that we did. The difference is that he did not succumb to them. The challenge for us is even when sin drags us down, we should not give up. Because through Jesus Christ, we are perfected. Because Jesus lived his life and suffered and died for us and was resurrected through obedience and repentance and faith, we can be perfected in him. We should not view Christmas as one day of the year. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. We need to have the attitude of lighting the world with his message every day, not just in word, 
but indeed are you a believer in Jesus Christ if so show me the works And I'll try to show you mine. And hopefully I can live up in my own struggling way. So that I can be perfected through Jesus Christ. I testify to you that he knows us as individuals. He has felt your pain. He has felt your joy, your love, your fear, your anguish, your depression. There is no emotion or feeling that you have that he did not experience. And yet, he provided light and provides light to a darkening world. The battle with sin rages on. The battle with sinners, the battle of good versus evil, continues to go, and at times it seems like evil is winning. Make no mistake, no matter what happens, the victory has already been decided. So, how will you light the world? Will it be through gratitude to others and expressing that gratitude by doing what you can to help others? Or will it be through entitlement, thinking that you deserve something or that perhaps your righteousness sets you above others. It's the attitude that defines you. Are you adding to the light in the world? Or not? Only you can answer that. That's my view from the rim. Have a wonderful Christmas season.